coffee drinks today. I mean, you could drink coffee like a normal person. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. So, hi, and welcome back to... Oh my gosh, every time... What's wrong with you? I don't know. Hi, and welcome back to I'll Tell You What, a spoopy podcast. I'm Ashlyn. (laughs) You're so mean to me. (laughs) And I'm Miranda. (laughs) And she's mocking me for our old YouTube channel, which we need to get back to at some point. I really think so. With what time, Ashlyn? That's true. We barely have time to upkeep this nowadays. But we're trying. We're working hard, guys. (laughs) Don't forget to rate and review us on all your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, It really helps us out, and we truly appreciate it. Uh, And this one is possibly going to be a long one, because we're in a part two now. So, Miranda, on that note, I'll tell you what. What? I'll tell you about Scientology. Again. Yeah, but this is more about actual Scientology and less about L. Ron Hubbard. But so, there's still a lot of L. Ron I know you said no tangents. However, I did want to point out that this entire, like, the entire time we were recording last time, I mm-hmm. thought his name was L. Ron, like E-L-R-O-N, and it turns out it was L. Dot Ron. Yes, I told you th- his name was Lafayette Ron Hubbard. I know, Hubbard. but like for some reason my brain like didn't actually get, gather that or grasp that. And so my my head the entire time was like, okay, Elron, E-L-R-O-N. <laughs> you can tell how well-versed Miranda is in this subject by that alone. That's not correct. <laughs> All right. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about whether Scientology is toxic or not. Is that really a question, Ashley? <laughs> I mean... Some people might be questioning it. And we're, we're here to look at the facts, guys. The facts. So, in our last episode, I'll keep referencing it. Uh, so, last time we went over L. Ron Hubbard's life, his creation of Dianetics, and what led up to his founding of Scientology. Yeah. So, since we're jumping right off from that, uh, I advise you to please listen to part one first, because... Part one. It's kind of important. We're building on that knowledge. It is important, and I will... Uh, give a little reminder here that Scientology is a religion while Dianetics was basically a super expensive experimental therapy. Yee. But it was. It still is. Well, yeah. Scientology uh, involves Dianetics. Hey, quite a bit. but you know, if you are you have to do some kind of report on something, this is a great thing to listen to. Hey. Great reference point. <laughs> and yeah. we include our sources. Yes. And there are tons of sources for this. I'm not really looking forward to compiling those. I may just have to link directly to my notes. Anyway, in his book, Dianetics, Hubbard had expressed hostility towards religion. Which, you know, oh, what a surprise. He originally planned for Scientology to be a science. In 1953, however, he changed his mind about religion. Mm -hmm. Uh, In April of 1953, he wrote a letter talking about the legal and financial benefits of religious status. And proposed that Scientology attain. So he just wanted tax breaks. He not only wanted tax breaks, he wanted control over well, Dianetics that he wasn't necessarily getting when it was considered a therapy. Because it was like an open science before, mm-hmm. and so now he's gaining more control over it. So the plan was to set up spiritual guidance centers. These centers would be used for auditing, which would cost customers, or patrons, I guess, about mm-hmm. $500 for 24 hours. He expressly stated in this letter... I await your reaction on the religion angle. In my opinion, we couldn't get worse public opinion than we have had or have less customers than what we've got to sell. A religious charter would be necessary in Pennsylvania or New Jersey to make it stick, but I'm sure I could make it stick. Basically, he was sad because, remember, uh, Dianetics was Mm -hmm. kind of dying out, going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So they were having a hard time, especially after that disastrous lecture. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're, we're... he was like, ah, yes, I, I cured this woman, and she is enlightened, and she has perfect memory, and she was like, I don't even know physics, and I'm a physics major. So. Yeah, it was a problem. <laughs> so he's, he's trying to get back his credibility and everything. Mm-hmm. So in December of that year, in Camden, New Jersey, the Church of Scientology officially incorporated three organizations, a Church of American Science, a Church of Scientology, and a Church of Spiritual Engineering. So there's a church downtown that says something like Church of Science, but it doesn't say it's it's a Scientology church. Are you talking about the uh, Christian Science Reading Room or... No, it's, okay, it's on the different. plaza. I don't know, maybe maybe it is. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because they oh, do Josh like... Josh is looking it up. Yes, the First Church of Christ Scientist, which is downtown. And I don't think it's a Scientology it, church. It probably isn't because Scientology does not involve uh, Christ yeah. or Christianity Yeah, well, that's why it's I'm confused different. by it. I don't know why. It's but, comma. It's comma scientist. So I'll talk briefly about this later. Um, there is something called a free zone where uh, it's people practicing like Scientology or Scientology beliefs, but outside of the actual Scientology Freeze. church. The Church of Scientology does not like them well, at all. I, I could understand that. <laughs> yeah. By February 18th of 1954, mm -hmm. Hubbard's followers established the first local Church of Scientology following the principles and creed of the Church of American Science as founded by L. Ron Hubbard in California, and they called it the Church of Scientology of California. Uh -huh. The second local Church of Scientology was established in Auckland, New Zealand. Mm. So it That's was really strange. <laughs> well, they were trying to expand like all over the world, basically. I know, but like, why New Zealand? Why not? Maybe tax breaks. Ooh. Probably money. Let's be honest. It was in Washington D.C. in 1955 that the official parent Church of Scientology was established, and it was called the Founding Church of Scientology. Of course, in the development of Scientology as a religion, L. Ron Hubbard kept presenting seemingly self-contradictory information as the teachings of the church rapidly changed. Mm -hmm. So this is a brief history of the beginnings of Scientology, but I wanted to get focused more on what actually Scientology is. Mm -hmm. So let's get into that. Because mm -hmm. I have no idea what it is. So auditing. You'll actually find this process familiar for a reason, and you, you'll probably uh, connect the dots while I'm talking about it. it. Oh, yeah, I know. You're going to hate it. Anyway, so as we have said before, auditing is incredibly important in both Dianetics and Scientology. In our previous episode, we stated the main beliefs of Scientology. Mm -hmm. uh, Scientology believes that the human body is simply a host for the immortal Thetan. Mm -hmm. Our discovery of the Thetan self is clouded by bad experiences which are stored in the mind as engrams. Mm -hmm. These engrams can be removed through reliving said experiences through auditing. Oh, can it now? Yeah. And once all engrams are removed from the mind, a person is said to be clear. The clear being, as introduced in Dianetics, is capable of a higher level of functioning, including a perfect memory, the ability to heal itself of various ailments, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. increased spiritual freedom. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, and you can hear our whole uh, tangent on that <laughs> in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. So the concept of auditing being a means of reliving bad, a bad experience in order to process it actually does sound a lot like cognitive behavioral therapy mm -hmm. in some aspects. The actual execution of audits, however, is vastly different. Uh, first off, the equipment. Yes. So there's this equipment. Is, oh yeah, no, there's equipment. Why do you in need this. equipment? So this is where Scientologists typically get the idea that this is a religion steeped in science. Ah, because there's equipment. Mm-hmm. Mm. So unlike because equipment, CBT, it must be true. <laughs> the science tells me. Anyway, so unlike CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh -huh. auditing requires a piece of equipment called an e-meter. Oh yeah. E-meter stands for electropsychometer or electrometer. Yeah. Or electroencephaloneuromentomograph. Electrocephalophagus. <laughs> Basically, electro, electronic, mm -hmm. encephalo, which means of the brain, mm -hmm. neuro, which is referring to uh, the nervous system. Yeah. And mentomograph. So. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Brain is this and a memories. real medical device? We'll talk about that in a moment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sounds like an MRI machine. However, it's it's nothing like an MRI machine. I was like, machine. however, I feel like <laughs> these are very cheaply made. Actually, yeah. the e meter is a machine that is attached to the pre-clear individual. Oh yeah, yeah. How? I will explain that in a moment. <laughs> this e meter has been described as a crude lie detector. I really hope it's like a plunger. They just stuck to your forehead. <laughs> no, not quite. But <laughs> anyway, so what is the e meter really? It works like a Wheatstone bridge. A what? Uh, a Wheatstone bridge is an electrical circuit that measures electrical resistance by balancing the unknown component on one of two legs of a bridge circuit. Uh, and it's known to be very accurate in its measurement. The unknown component in this situation would be the preclear. Mm-hmm. So the E-meter varies from the Wheatstone bridge in that each leg of the bridge is a terminal that resembles 
or in some cases actually is, a soup can that the pre-clear uh-huh. subject holds in each hand. So a like imagine a person. <laughs> that's how they attach to it. It's a soup can. A soup a soup can. They hold one in each hand. They're holding soup cans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like one of those old telephone things, like with the yeah, like string the attached <laughs> on both ends. I mean, basically, yes. They talk Except into te- it. <laughs> no, they don't talk into it. But these soup can-like mm-hmm. terminals are attached to a box containing small batteries and a transistor circuit. Mm. So this box has a moving needle on the top of it and has a few knobs on the front, one of which is a rheostat control. And I might be saying that wrong. I apologize. Well, in your defense, it sounds like garbage. <laughs> sounds like bullcrap. No, so a rheostat control is an actual thing. It determines the electrical current or the variance of resistance in an electrical circuit. So basically what an e-meter does is it measures the electrical resistance of a person. Mm-hmm. Which is very much like a light detector. And I'll, we have and a I'll battery tester at work. Does that count? <laughs> On the e-meter, the rheostat control is referred to as the tone arm. Oh, yeah. So this refers to... I got to- arms, too. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> so this refers to how tones or motions are read from the e-meter. And I'll go into the tone scale in a bit. Oh, yeah. Is it like tone of voice or... No, it's like tone of emotion. Yeah. According to Scientology, you'd be able to read a person's emotional response to questions based on the measured electrical resistance. Or just, you know, look at them. No. I'm just saying. (laughs) But Miranda, that's not a science. That would be a soft science like psychology. (laughs) This is hard science. This is hard spiritual science. Hard cold science. (laughs) Facts. We might want to refrain a little bit from that um, for reasons I'll go into later. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, continue. I'm hoping I didn't get us on a list at this point. (laughs) So the E-meter functions on a scale of 3,000 to 7,000 ohms. Mm -hmm. Membrane ion channels in an individual's cells are thought to be what controls how much electrical resistance someone has. It would actually take very few of these channels to either open or close in order to cause a jump from 3,000 to 7,000 ohms or vice versa. Uh Which means... It's practically guaranteed that there would be shifts in one's electrical resistance in an auditing session. Yeah. So, like, you'd see the needle going around. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. A lie detector works in a similar way, using these electrical responses to determine whether someone is lying. Although it better illustrates when someone is stressed rather than lying. Should be noted, however, that using a galvanic skin response meter, like this, as a lie detection test, those aren't permissible in court. Well, lie detector tests aren't permissible in court, period. Well, and those ones in particular, though, because they're not nearly as accurate or reliable enough. There have been several versions of the e-meter over the years. Mm -hmm. Now, on January 4th, 1963, the FDA actually raided the offices of a few churches. They seized hundreds of e-meters and literature involving the devices. Seized? The e-meters were considered illegal medical devices, and the literature made false medical claims. So what you were saying earlier, like, is this a medical device? Is this a real medical device? Um, it's not. Apparently so not. Ultimately, the FDA lost the case to condemn the literature and e-meters. The Church of Scientology, however, was required to pay the expenses that the FDA had incurred over the issue, as well as label every e-meter with the disclaimer that it was not a medical device, but instead a pure religious artifact. Mm. Mm-hmm. So basically, no, it's not a medical device. No. Legally, it is not a medical device. So it's not science. But Miranda. I'm just saying. Scienti- science is right Legally, the it's not science. But it's Scientology, Miranda. Science is right in the name. It's like someone's been lying to people. Hmm. No. I think we're already on the list, Ash. (laughs) Okay. So what happens is a pre-clear signs up for an auditing session and pays a few hundred dollars because, of course, they do Mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the session, they're taken to an isolated area to talk to the auditor. Oh, yeah. They're connected to the e-meter, meaning that they pick up the cans. (laughs) And the auditor then starts asking questions and reads their emotional responses via the e-meter. And <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking, I was just thinking, hey you, nice cans. Miranda, stop. <laughs> we can't make Scientology memes. 
<laughs> so the auditor then starts asking, asking questions and reads their emotional response via the e-meter in order to locate the bad or negative experiences, the engrams, and clear them. So several sessions are required as everyone has multiple engrams. And it should also be noted that all of these sessions are recorded. Mm-hmm. Does it sound like anything to you so far? Like a cult. <laughs> like something maybe you've seen on the TV. Like in season three of Riverdale with the farm. Oh, like a cult. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they took that from Scientology, oh, basically. Well, yeah. They also took a lot of things from a lot of cults. So. Which is kind of hilarious, though, considering uh, that one of their actors is actually in Scientology. Who? Hermione Lodge. Really? Yes. She's been in a lot of stuff recently. Interesting. Yeah, and she's she's in Scientology, man. However, her character did not get sucked into the uh, weird cult on. I know. I'm a little disappointed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yes, we we do. Yes, we do crap talk talk on um, Riverdale, and yes, we have watched every episode. <laughs> I actually haven't watched the newest season. I'm sorry. Oh, Ashlyn. I mean, I've I've watched most of it, but you're a failure. You make so much noise. You know with what, your microphone. Ashlyn, I was just trying to breeze through it as if nobody could hear me because that's how <laughs> I treat my episodes. Anywho, so they record you. Yes. And so to blackmail you. Yes, I was about to say. So that's where auditing gets really problematic. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to go over every bad thing you have ever done or experienced. Then the organization basically has all the dirt on you. That could ruin your life forever. Mm-hmm. Even even if the things aren't necessarily illegal, like if it's just a scandalous action or even just negative thoughts that could severely impact your relationships. That mm-hmm. that that can all work as blackmail. Yeah, because they can alienate you, they could ruin your life, mm-hmm. they could, yeah. And so it kind of prevents some people from attempting to leave the church. Yeah. Which was a mark of a toxic cult that we didn't really touch on last time, was that leaving can be incredibly difficult in toxic cults, or there can be a lot of negative repercussions for leaving. Oh, I thought we did touch on that. Probably was just thinking it. Yeah. I think we just assumed. I thought it was just obvious. Yeah, okay. I know, right? If you're trapped, it's toxic. There you go. Just like relationships. So, getting more into the theology of Scientology. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The really credible theology. Yeah. Um, And I made a note here that I should really, like, start using a VPN. Because I was all over the Scientology.org website. And now I live in fear. Oh, no, you're going to get commercials. You're going to get... You're going to get uh, <laughs> pointed uh, advertisements now. I really might. Um, oh, no. Okay, so mm. so the eight dynamics and the tonal scale. And it might be tonal scale. I wrote it two different ways here. Thanks, Ashlyn. Most of this information was found on Scientology.org, like I said. And they even offered me an online course on the emotional tone scale. Wow. Given their track record, I decided against taking the course. I was not about to put my name into this website to make it easier for them. Like, you know. <laughs> what? Ashlyn, are you sure? You know, you don't I want them tracking you. I'm, I'm willing to make sacrifices Next for the podcast, you know, but comes not like to our that. House. <laughs> Have you met her? Have you found our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? He's missing? <laughs> That That's was a, not what Scientology is, but I love TikTok it. was a TikTok of cats that I found. It was great. According to Scientologists, the tone scale is a spectrum of emotions that, once understood, allows one to infallibly predict another oh. person's behavior based on emotional insight. Infallibly, wow. They said that all over the site, so mm. I had to include it. That's a term I feel like a lot of religions like to throw around. Infallible. Yes. Infallibly. I don't hear that anywhere outside of religion. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you can't say that with science at all. Exactly. Interesting they, that they you can't say th- that with science at all, but mm-hmm. it's all over the Scientology website. Yeah, for, for those of you who don't really understand the difference, uh, with a hypothesis, you can provide evidence to support the hypothesis, but you cannot prove it. That's one of the key things of the scientific mm-hmm, method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Understanding the tone scale also allows one to focus on the eight dynamics. Mm. Scientology maintains that the basic command of life is to survive. 
But in order for life to follow this command, one should inspect and understand their connection to the world around them, and can do this by breaking life down into eight subcategories or dynamics. The eight dynamics of Scientology are as follows. Number one, self. The effort Mm. to survive as and to be an individual. Mm. Two, creativity. Creativity here is defined as making things for the future. This includes creating a family and anything that deals with Uh, the family. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Group survival (laughs) is number three. (laughs) The urge to survive through a group. The group, in essence, starts to take on a life. That starts to take on a life of its own. This includes friends, clubs, communities, nations, etc. Mm-hmm. Four, species. The mm. urge to survive as a species. Oh, yeah. This includes all humankind, all the nations of the world. Five, life forms. The urge to survive as a life form with the help of other life forms. So this now includes plants and animals. Six, Physical universe, the urge of the physical universe to survive with the aid of each of its components. Mm -hmm. The components here are matter, energy, space, and time. Mm -hmm. Seven is spiritual dynamic, the urge to survive as a spiritual being and for life itself to continue. Uh And the last one, number eight, infinity, (laughs) embracing the allness of all. I'm taking this directly from Scientology.org, by the way. Okay, so... So, there's a claim that this concept is what people are trying to get at when they talk about God or a supreme being. L. Ron Hubbard indicated that only once everyone reaches the seventh dynamic can the eighth dynamic be reached. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes. So, I want what I want to say, though, is all, yeah. all of those things are very generic... What is generic about the allness of all, Miranda? Besides the allness of all, except for the fact that that's just that's the everything. most generic. It's literally that was the, the joke. most. Ge- oh, okay, I was like, what, besides the fact that it's the most generic thing. <laughs> what's what's generic about the allness but of all, Miranda? All, every single one of those things is very generic. Like we're doing every all of those things every day, right? So we're oh, I guess we've already reached the pinnacle of Scientology, Ashlyn. We're already experiencing the allness of all, and it's garbage. <laughs> So basically, yeah, they're trying to emphasize this idea of harmony with humankind and mankind. And it does sound very hippie-esque, honestly. Another aspect of Scientology, it uh, goes beyond the concept of being clear. We've already gone over some of the basic ideas and practices of Scientology. But we know there is far more to it than outsiders are allowed to know. So after becoming clear, there are levels of initiation called OT, Operating Thetan, levels. As you rise in the ranks, you are able to learn more about the mystical side of Scientology. Mm -hmm. Some of the teachings are rumored to include cosmic catastrophes that have befallen the Thetans, the ability to erase the trauma of past lives, and the story of Xenu, the tyrant ruler of the Galactic Confederacy. I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who. Honestly. And I'm convinced these people are aliens. I was thinking more Buzz Lightyear Star Command, personally. I'm convinced these are Zenu, aliens. Zerg. Took a lot of inspiration from their chat. <laughs> anyway. This information that you can learn about once you rise in the OT levels uh-huh. is kept in secrecy to protect the members from information that they are not yet ready for. Also, to keep these stories in context. Oh, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that whole frog analogy, where if you try to get a frog into hot water, it'll jump out. But if you slowly turn up the temperatures of the water, it'll stay in until it boils alive. Mm -hmm. Because the, the base of Scientology is auditing and the things like that. And so that's more like, you know, the frog being put in the water. Mm hmm. Then the OT levels are kind of turning up the heat. Yeah. So there are several organizations within the Scientology Church. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go over some of them mm. now because no, they get increasingly odd. Do tell. The Church of Spiritual Technology. This is actually the most secret Scientology organization. It owns all of the licenses to Hubbard's estate and leases them to the rest of the churches. Jesus. Op- Uh, It operates the Scientology archiving project as well. 
and that project is to transcribe Hubbard's works in, onto stainless steel tablets and keep said tablets in titanium vaults that have been constructed all over the world. Uh-huh. The group has also prepared and maintains several homes in multiple locations for whenever Hubbard is reincarnated. Uh-huh. And then there's the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center International. Oh, my gosh. In Hollywood. Yeah, no, I'm just straight <laughs> up jumping. Hubbard was always aware of the impact of celebrities uh, and was quick to try and convert them due to the, this way they have over public opinion. Feels like a Manson thing. Oh, we'll get into that. Mm. In 1955, he compiled a list of 63 celebrities to target, including Walt Disney, Greta Garbo, and Orson Welles. Ah. He targeted these people. They didn't necessarily join. Oh my God, Disney. <laughs> Disneyland's a front for Scientology. Ah! Why is why is his head cryogenically frozen then? If he believes in it's reincarnation. Not. <laughs> should I should I do that conspiracy at some point? <laughs> so nowadays, many celebrities are still part of the Church of Scientology. Uh, mm, and these oh celebrities yes. include Tom Cruise. Yes, on the top of the list. Tom Cruise, John Travolta. Oh, God. Laura Prepon. Who's that? Uh, Donna from That 70s Show or Alex from Orange is the New Black. Really? Yes. Ugh. Marisol Nichols, uh, Hermione Lodge from Riverdale. Yikes. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. This next one I found interesting. Doug Doring. Who? He's the former founder of Neopets <laughs> and the CEO of the company that runs ABCMouse.com. Our nephew uses that for some of his schoolwork. He's required to. So it's used by like elementary schools and things like that. Yeah. Maybe you should talk to the school about <laughs> that. I'm I'm a little disturbed. I found that very interesting. Uh-huh. Continue. Um, but there are also several ex-members who yes. have spoken out about the toxicity of Scientology. Yeah, it wasn't a I can't think of his name. The mask. Evan Almighty. Jim Carrey? Yeah, Jim Carrey. So I didn't find him on any of these lists, but I did see him, like, in an article. So I'm not sure he was ever actually officially a member. Because a lot of people said he was. Yeah, there was some talk about it. Now, I know he is anti-vax. And if he was into Scientology, that would explain that. But I'm, I'm not entirely sure uh, what Jim Carrey is necessarily necessarily about because I looked all I actually specifically tried looking for his name in yeah. these lists but mm. then again I doubt that these lists are comprehensive of every single oddly enough I feel like it member. might be easier for famous people to leave the cult because all of their business is already out there sometimes but not really because it could also um, ruin their careers eh. they ruin their careers every other week we all know it Miranda's got a harsh view of celebrities, friends. Okay. Some of the ex-members who speak out about it. These include Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's daughter. Mm. Uh, Jason Beggy. Probably mispronouncing his last Beggie? name. B-E-G-H-E. Oh. And you, you'd probably know him uh, best as Sergeant Hank Voigt on SVU. Can't remember if he had a small relationship with Olivia, but not. But I can't remember. I'm, I might I think recognize he did. him. I can't remember. But the thing is, he's been in a ton of things, but usually as a background character. So mm -hmm. that's the role I chose to tell you about because that's probably what you've known from. I think I know what character you're talking about, yes. but yeah, I truly only know Olivia Benson's name. Everybody else is dead to me. Perhaps the one who's spoken out the most about um, the toxicity of Scientology mm -hmm. is Leah Romini. Who is Carrie Heffernan, James, uh, Kevin James's wife character on King of Queens? Oh, yeah, she like wrote a book about it, and she did a wow. lot of like interviews and stuff about it. Uh, yeah, she joined no. Scientology. Yeah, and she left. That's interesting. And when she left, she's like, "Nope, I'm I'm telling everyone about this." That's great. But yeah. Still weird, right? It's so strange to think of anybody getting sucked into this. But a lot of people have, and a lot of, a lot people, of people have also like just looked into it as well. That was one of the issues with one of the lists I found. They're like, "Oh, you didn't know these people were involved in Scientology," but really they just like looked into it. Yeah, and they might have attended an auditing session Ashton, or you're two. You're probably on a list now. I didn't sign up for anything. I know, but I feel like because you looked into it. Oh shoot! Darn it! I'm gonna you're be on, on one list. of those. I'm not famous though, so it's fine. Oh, one of these days. <laughs> 
and they won't recall this episode. They'll just be like, ah, she listened to it. And then the true fans will come back and they'll be like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's because she did a whole series on it. By a whole series, I we mean, mean two, two episodes. <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> who knows so, what'll happen down the line? Others who don't necessarily talk about it much, but who have been part of Scientology, include Neil Gaiman, who famous famous writer. Um, he wrote, well, he wrote. Ashlyn, you forgot. I don't know how to read. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, Coraline. Oh, he was the oh. original writer of Coraline, oh. the, the book. Um, he also wrote. Oh gosh, that really famous. Um, It, it was really popular a few years ago. Good Omens. I didn't read that. Um, it was a show that came bad out. Omens. No, Good Omens. Um, Good Omens. He wrote. He wrote the book that the s s miniseries was based on. Yeah, of. and it was an Amazon series starring David Tennant. That was last year. Was that last year or year before, before? last? I guess no. Was that 2019? nineteen? Twenty nineteen. I know because I know because my coworker know? who had just started working with mm -hmm. me in two thousand nineteen brought it up, and it was two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So Neil Gaiman wrote the novels that that miniseries was based off of. Interesting. Yeah. So he's he's a very famous writer. He's also written tons of other things like American Gods, The Sandman, like just yeah. Continue. Yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman, Whoa. Katie Holmes. They both were part of it when they were married to Tom Cruise. Oh, well, of course. Yes. Demi nice Moore. Nice going, Tom. So Demi Moore was an interesting one because yeah. she actually left it when she married Bruce Willis. Okay, so Bruce, Bruce Willis was like, no, you're crazy. He, crazy well, loon. he was, I believe he was a Christian, possibly Catholic, and he really didn't want any kids that he had to be raised in Scientology. Well, yeah. So Demi left because of that, and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. she did it for her family, I guess? Yeah. People convert to different religions all mm -hmm. the time for the sake of family. I get it. I honestly don't believe celebrity relationships are real, but okay. <laughs> Miranda just thinks they're part of the Matrix. Anyway. No. Uh, and another famous one was Priscilla Presley, Elvis's wife. And she actually just left in 2017. Oh, wow. Her daughter has been out for a lot longer than she her. She finally convinced her mom, hopefully, maybe. I, her mom expressed more like she was just done. She's like, yeah, my husband's been in the limelight. My daughter left already. Like, I, I've got nothing left here. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, those, those are the people. <laughs> Sad. And on a low note. But then we get into a fun part oh is it fun ashland <laughs> it's a club fun? oh great the sea org the what the sea organization the what is considered to be a fraternal religious order so a fraternity it's a frat a very weird frat maybe a cult so <laughs> it's not an official organization for what appears to be tax purposes oh yeah And it's committed to the exploration of time and space. Oh my god, it's Doctor Who. So the Sea Org consists of the most dedicated Scientology members, and all the leaders of Scientology organizations are part of this. It is considered to be a private naval force. Mm. They're boats. They're on the boats. Oh, mm-hmm. They made their uh, own navy. Because L. Ron Hubbard has such a good track record with boats. <laughs> yes. He made his own navy, Miranda. Oh my god. It was founded by Hubbard in 1966 with three ships, the Diana, the Athena, and the Apollo. Members are given free room and board and a small allowance Ooh. of about like $75 a week. Wow. They wear uniforms and refer to both male and female officers as sir. Oh my gosh. They go through a boot camp and they vow not to have premarital intercourse. Okay, I know this is a Navy, but I swear to God, I saw that group of people downtown and into the Scientology building, they're all wearing the same outfit. It's a land Navy. <laughs> Usually those are called armies, but you really don't want to be labeling something an army if you've yeah, got like that's why a structure land Navy. Like um, <laughs> so they are allowed to marry, but they're not allowed to marry outside of the organization. They're usually expected to leave the organization if they want to have kids, however. Get out. No so kids here. It's described by other Scientologists as a sort of space navy, going along space. with that story of the tyrant Xenu that is unavailable to the public. This okay. sounds like an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> And here, here's something that really threw me for a loop. Um, 
They must sign a non-legally binding billion-year contract with the Sea Org, promising to come back when they are reincarnated. Those who defect are retroactively billed for any auditing or other courses that they were given while in the Org. Oh, yeah? This is, again, not legally binding, but they are not allowed to receive any other Scientology services until the debts are paid. Oh, no! And then we're getting into the Rehabilitation Project Force. Oh, yeah. So, the Rehabilitation Project Force is a system of work camps set up by members of the Sea Org. These are for members of the church that violate certain policies or fail some safety checkpoints. This sounds very illegal. RPF areas isolate and rehabilitate members who have not done what is expected of them. This includes those who didn't produce enough work, those who are security risks, or even those that just wanted to leave the org. This sounds illegal. Many Sea Org members have said that these RPF camps treat people poorly. Really? They include eight hours of manual labor a day for six days a week, five hours a day of studying or auditing with a partner, a strict seven hours of sleep time from lights off to lights on, no liberties or free time, they're only allowed to eat what was left over after the normal crew ate, and they're Ew. kept separate from the rest of the crew. Like, like if they had, if they didn't eat all I'm the food, I'm pretty basically. sure this is literally being a prisoner. They're forced to wear black boiler suits, even in hot weather, and they sleep in roach-infested, non-ventilated cargo holds. That's illegal. But Miranda, it's, it's not legally binding. Except for the fact they said people who were thinking about leaving. Yeah. So they're kidnapping these people and keeping yeah. them in cargo holds on boats. Uh, yeah. They've they've escaped the the cops multiple times. We'll we'll get into this that. This sounds too. very illegal. <laughs> it gets worse. Mm-hmm. And then the Office of Special Affairs. That's great. Sounds so fun, huh? This is a successor of the Guardian's Office, and I'll talk more about the Guardian's Office in a bit. But it's a non-state intelligence agency. Mm-hmm. They have their own FBI. Great. The agency has been accused of some heinous acts, including ordering the murder of Cynthia Kisser, who is the executive director of the Cult Awareness Network, by staging a car accident. So someone claimed that they were ordered to do that. They didn't do it, but they were ordered to. Mm-hmm. According to that person. Uh, fabricating criminal charges for their targets, which has been proven before. Oh, great. Uh, harassing their targets at their homes place of business, and even harassing their family members. Wonderful. Alleged targets of this organization include those who speak out publicly against Scientology. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Those who leave the church, and those who operate in free zones, which I talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, They practice Scientology outside outside of the church's parameters. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting into L. Ron again. Oh, great. I know. He keeps reappearing. The church disputes some of the parts of Elrond's life story as we presented it last week. Oh, really? The Navy being a big part of that. Oh, yeah. They maintain that L. Ron Hubbard was secretly an undercover intelligence oh, officer yeah. in the U.S. Navy during his time there. And the reports to the contrary were simply there to cover up the truth. Mm. He knew too much. Mm-hmm. Because the Navy really wanted to report that they let a guy go into battle for, what, 68 hours? On a... On uh, nothing? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't look worse for them. Uh, I believe you. So the FBI had a lengthy file on Hubbard. Mm-hmm. In 1958, the IRS revoked the Washington, D.C. Church of Scientology's tax-exempt status after finding Elron and his family seemed to be profiting off of the nonprofit. Oh. And at the time that the FDA took the e-meters, they also seized thousands of pills that claimed to be radiation cures. <gasps> Which is kind of funny, because L. Ron Hubbard was vehemently against psychiatric drugs and believed that Scientology and Dianetics could cure people of ailments. Oh, yeah. And his distaste for uh, psychiatric drugs personally offended me. But we're not getting into that right now. <laughs> he was more of the kind to suggest yoga or taking up running or hiking in nature oh, to yeah. cure your depression. Mm. It don't it work like that. It produces electrolytes, or not electrolytes. <laughs> electrolytes. Endorphins. <laughs> That's endorphins why I drink. make you happy. That's why I drink so much And happy people just don't kill people. 
So Elrond and the Church of Scientology came under fire publicly in most of the English-speaking world after the whole FDA thing. But no. So Scientology was banned in Victoria, Australia, Western Australia, and Southern Australia following a report where the accusations of blackmail, extortion, and brainwashing were investigated. This report described Hubbard as having a persecution complex, delusions of grandeur, which, you know, we touched upon earlier, and even exhibiting indications of paranoid schizophrenia. What? No. See, I'm not even sure about that. I just think he he was that delusional of his own grandeur. Possibly. That he believed that people would be after him. Maybe he's just that big of a narcissist. Yeah, that he believed that people would be after him because he's speaking such a truth. Yeah. And it's so controversial. I mean, if you hear about what he said about Excalibur, the book that, you know, would apparently drove people insane if they read it and weren't prepared, (gasps) it it sounds more kind of like a narcissism thing. But also, I kind of say that simply because we have more of an understanding of what paranoid schizophrenia really is. Mm-hmm. And back then it was kind of thrown around a bit more. Yeah, you know? it really was. Other areas of the world began to take a deep look into Scientology as well. Mm. So the investigations into Scientology led Hubbard to establish new practices in the church. He established ethics technology, which required Scientologists to disconnect from any organization or person that seemed suppressive, which mm-hmm. included family members. This kind of also follows along with dead agenting, which is, you know, you cut off from anyone who leaves the Scientology church. That is deemed suppressive. Yeah. Another practice was the practice of knowledge reports. So Scientologists had to write reports on the behavior of their fellow Scientologists, detailing any transgressions or mishandling of Scientology doctrine. See, that's creepy. If your place of business ever, like, asks you to report, like, on your fellow... Absolutely not. People, like, especially the people who are on the same level as you kind of thing. That's sketchy. I think it's actually might be a violation. Mm. Also, if your church is asking you to do that. Is requiring you to do that. Oh, it's requiring you to. Yeah. Yeah, that's wrong. There's a lot wrong here. They also established a fair game policy, which states that anyone that was labeled an enemy of Scientology, quote unquote, may be deprived of property or injured by any means by any Scientologist without any discipline of the Scientologist, may be tricked, sued, or lied to, or destroyed. That's that's illegal. That was a quote from Elrond himself. That's illegal. You can't do that. Yeah, but they wanted to. <laughs> they, they thought they could. So he established the Guardian's office, which was to be headed up by his wife, Mary Sue. They targeted enemies of Scientology, and some were reportedly ordered to fabricate charges if they could not find solid evidence of wrongdoing on their targets. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to establish the Sea Org in 1966, which now kind of seems like uh, like he might have been trying to do something else uh, Yeah, by establishing his own private navy. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds um, dangerous. In 1972... French prosecutors charged the French cult, or I'm sorry, the, the French, French Church of Scientology, excuse me, uh, with fraud and customs violations, prompting Hubbard to go into hiding in Queens, New York, with the threat of extradition looming over him. Mmm, fun. He returned to the Sea Org in 1973 when the threat had passed. Several more legal troubles continued. Yeah. Some of his Sea Org ships were banned from foreign ports. Uh, and some of the ships were suspected of operating under the CIA by foreign agencies, which they didn't like that uh-huh. at all. So they, they were suspicious of him. They're like, he's sus. Uh, <laughs> members of the Guardian's office burglarized several government organizations, Great. including the U.S. Department of Justice and the IRS. Awesome. Elrond managed to escape prosecution, but was labeled a co-conspirator. Yeah. In February of 1978, he was tried in absentia in France for fraud and was found guilty and sentenced to four years of prison and a hefty fine. He managed to leave this unserved and went into hiding once more. This time there was no threat of extradition. So Hubbard continued writing until his death on January 24th in 1986. After Hubbard's death, members of the Sea Org staged a takeover of Scientology. Mm. Mary Sue was ousted as well as some other members, like high up members. Uh, and David Miskovich was placed in charge. Uh-huh. So now we're getting to the controversy and mysteries. 
Shelley Miscavige, who is the wife of David Miscavige, hasn't been seen in public since 2007. That sounds like she's dead. Leah Romini filed a missing persons report in 2013, but the LAPD reported that they were able to contact Miscavige and the case was closed. She is rumored to be in one of the vault establishments of the Church of Spiritual Technology. Mm -hmm. But again, we're in 2021. She hasn't been seen since August of 2007. I'm very I think she's dead. (laughs) Operation Freakout. This was one of the uh, Guardians things. Operation Freakout was a plan to set up American author and journalist Paulette Cooper for either prison time or to be committed to a psychiatric hospital. She had published a highly critical book on Scientology entitled The Scandal of Scientology in 1971. The FBI caught wind of this plan and also saw the church's harassment of Cooper in 1977. Uh The church managed to get away with settling out of court and compensating Cooper for the damages of trying to set her up for, you know, a crime she didn't commit. Yeah, that's all? They didn't go to jail or anything? No, they just had to pay her money. That's stupid. Which they had a lot of because, you know, auditing is expensive. So then we come to Operation Snow White. Ooh. So this was uh, the operation for members of the GO to break into government buildings in an effort to purge records of Scientology and L. Ron Hubbard. Fun. So this involved around 5,000 covert agents hitting up 136 government buildings, embassies, consulates, and private organizations critical of Scientology in more than... 30 countries. Again, this included the U.S. Department of Justice and the IRS. It was one of the largest infiltrations in U.S. history. And still, Elrond was not convicted of any mm-hmm. real crime in the U.S. Of course. He was just a co-conspirator. Which is like... I think he was paying off people. Oh, almost definitely. That sweet, sweet Scientology cash. Yeah. So remember that comment you made earlier about how it sounds like, you know, Charles Manson? Yeah. Well, so Manson had learned of Scientology and participated in about 150 hours of auditing sessions while incarcerated in 1961. 150 hours? That's a lot. Yep. He would later denounce Scientology, claiming it was too crazy for him. Too crazy for Manson. But he did incorporate some of its teachings when he established his family in 1967. Oh, oh, dang it. The Manson family is a cult, so you'd cover that one. Yep. So, so, yeah. so I'm sorry. It was too crazy for Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah. That really needs to tell you something, guys. I have a deep-seated hatred for Charles Manson. I mean, I know a lot of people do, but, like, he's extra gross. Yeah, that too. And also a Nazi. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so Scientology actually kind of helped Charles Manson. That's kind of upsetting. That's very upsetting. And uh, the, the last of the controversies I wanted to mm. touch on was uh, about the Sea Org children. So if a Sea no Org... children? Well, if Sea Org members have a child, they raise the child until the child is about six years old. After that, the parents may return to the Org, and the child will be raised communally and is allowed to visit their parents on weekends. Some ex-members have stated that they were encouraged to have abortions while part of the organization. Ugh. Yeah, it gets it gets really uh, sketchy. And honestly, there's some documentaries out there that, you know, you might want to yeah. watch and everything where people talk about, you know, actually being in the Sea Org and what it was like for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it is uh, people who are raised yeah, who in were, Scientology who were raised and it. joined up with the Sea Org when they were like 16 or 18. Jesus. Yeah. So, Scientology today. Scientology does outreach into several different countries as well as in prisons. They also have a program for treating substance abuse that many have found to be effective. That's actually how a lot of people start getting into Scientology. Oh. Especially celebrities. They still come under fire, of course, for, like, blackmail and other things. Uh, yeah? So, toxic cult or nah? Yes, it's a toxic cult, Ashlyn. (laughs) Does it hit our criteria? Once again, if Manson says you're too crazy for him, (laughs) then we got a problem. So, yeah, um, that that there's the Scientology. Wow. What do you think? Honestly, do you want more information? No, I'm good. Uh, Scientologist. No, but honestly, I feel like you actually managed to get a lot more information about what Scientology is than most people have access to. Thank or can you. readily available get to. It took so. me several hours. Yeah, I can imagine. 
because I mean that's the thing is one of the, like we talked about in the first one they're so well, yeah. mysterious to a lot of people because they're very secretive about mm-hmm. what they do and who they are. Well, and part of this knowledge I actually did know uh, going in because I you know seen documentaries. One uh, I think it's either called I think it's called Going Clear. Yeah, it was a fascinating documentary uh-huh. on all of this and covered a large part of it. That's actually where I first heard about the Sea Org. Okay, and I was like, wait a minute, this is more messed up than I anticipated. Mm. Again, I highly recommend watching documentaries, reading books about people who have actually been in Scientology yeah. because it gets nuts. And though I tried to do as comprehensive as I could, again for time reasons, I couldn't even write down everything yeah. that this entails. So. Go ahead and do your own research on some of this. Yeah. I will have plenty of resources in the notes. Mm-hmm. And and if you have ever been a part of a cult or... <laughs> or thought about starting your own. Or th- thought about starting your own, um, feel free to message us at matterthanacaterpillar@gmail.com. You can also visit us on our Instagram at matterthanacaterpillar. Or, you know, if you've got ideas. If you have topics that you even want to chat with us about, maybe mm. even guest be a guest on here uh go ahead and tweet at us or slide into our dms uh at matter than a cat on twitter yeah we we want more guests on here i think maybe uh sure i would love more guests ashlyn doesn't talk to me about things before suggesting them anywho <laughs> we need to be less anti-social Miranda. ashlyn that's not how i roll i know um, that's why i have to say it on the podcast <laughs> where we become committed <laughs> Uh, we also have a Facebook page at ITYW Podcast, or uh, I'll tell you what, P with a period instead of an ellipses because life sucks. And uh, we have a lot of TikTok sounds saved to make TikToks out of, but neither of us are ever presentable at the same time. We're also at Matter Than a Caterpillar on that oh, as yeah. well. Oh, whatever. And hopefully we'll be uploading sometime soon. Maybe. Who knows? I make no promises. <laughs> and without further ado, tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your friends. Tell the FBI agent listening through your phone. And tell Tom Cruise, who lives in your closet. And good night. I told you I'd do it. You're like, I'm supposed to Tom Cruise. I was saving it. I know. I, I didn't even really touch on the weirdness that is like Tom Cruise and how Tom Cruise is almost deified in Scientology because that's a thing.